Next Class. I'm Rob Burtzell, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tom Burnford. Tom, good to see you on the screen. Great to be here with you again, Rob. Looking forward to this discussion today. And it was even better to see you in person. Got to, to have a few meetings this week, so it's great to see you in Baltimore and, and our team. It's great to get our team together in person for a few days. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being together... Um, I was just grateful, Rob, and we're uh, we're recording this just before Thanksgiving and just feeling thankful for the reality that we can start to get together and also thankful for the work of Catholic education. Uh, so uh, grateful, particularly to Catholic school teachers who may be listening to this in the future for the incredible work they do in forming and educating uh, children, including my kids and I think your kids as well. So uh, season of gratitude. That's great, Tom. Thank you for that. And uh also, a shout out to our producer, Nico, who is with us here, who is actually Sunday going to be going around Chicago handing out turkeys, which I just think is really, really a cool thing That's that he awesome. and his friends are doing. So <laughs> thankful for our team here. So, Tom, uh, we have a, a, a big, important guest today. Uh, in fact, our first two-time guest, the first returning guest to the podcast, to the next class, Father John Foley, uh, as many people know, is the founder of the original Christeray School and the founder of the Christeray Network, which is supporting the schools and helping to replicate the original school. Uh, what I bet no one other than John and I know is that he grew up next door to where I'm recording this podcast in Wilmette, no Illinois. <laughs> wow. This is actually this is a great story time. We John yeah. and I were traveling. I think we were in in Syracuse or Buffalo, and my wife calls, and uh, we had we had sold our home in Wilmette. We're downsizing a bit so that I could keep working at Cristo Ray, and and uh, we had a, a fine home we're going to move to. And she calls and she says, "I found our home," and I said, uh, "We already own two. We need to sell one." <laughs> and uh, and she's like, "No, this is it." And it was an amazing home. John goes, uh, Father Foley goes, well, what's the address? I said, 2511 Kenilworth. And he goes, oh, that's the Miosi's house. I grew up next door. And we that's knew amazing. that was a Christeray moment. And we, uh, I became a, a real estate tycoon unwittingly in Wilmette, owning three homes at one point. <laughs> but we've, been in, we've been in trouble ever since. <laughs> so that was uh, uh, another fun story that the John grew up literally next door to where I'm recording this podcast today. But um, Father Foley is a graduate of Loyal Academy, went on to Georgetown, uh, left Georgetown to enter the society, um, spent some years in Mexico learning Spanish, but uh, spent 34 years in Peru running Jesuit schools in Tacna and, and elsewhere in Peru. Then uh, was called back to Chicago to start Cristo Rey. And uh, we'll get into that in a little bit later. But um, Father Foley, welcome to the next class. Thank you very much, Rob. I'm delighted to be here. And Tom, um, I, I loved your introduction, your, your gratitude to the, all the teachers listening to us. They, we know especially well how uh, dedicated they are and uh, how mission-minded they are. And that's just, that's, there's, no, there's no price tag to put on that. That's just, that's the beauty of our team of Catholic school teachers. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and Father Foley, this is a little different than the first time. We actually came over to the Christeray office with all sorts of gear and recording equipment and uh, a different team and sat down, had a great conversation with you and Elizabeth Gettle, the CEO of Christeray. And now who would have thought a year and a half or two years later, we'd be doing this on a platform called Squadcast with a new team. But um, technology, how people have adapted is really amazing. So I'm glad that you've, I mean, this is pretty cool. An 85-year-old Jesuit priest doing a podcast on Squadcast. 
you know, from his Jesuit residence. Well, it's so cool, Rob, that this Jesuit priest doesn't even know how cool it is because <laughs> it's all the ins and outs. Just just put me in the right place and tell me the button to push and I'll try to do it. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, Father Foley, to begin with, big news from the Christoray Network in the past couple of weeks about your retirement and uh, move to the Jesuit community in outside of Detroit, Columbia. And I'm sure our listeners who who are fans of yours and, and have seen your work for so many years would, would love to just know how, how you're thinking about this and how the process came about and, and how you're doing. Oh my gosh, that's uh, thanks for the open-ended question. I love it, Rob. I uh, I gotta tell you that one, it, it's, it's a spiritual experience and it's wonderful. It's um, some 60 years ago when I entered the Jesuits, just before I entered the Jesuits, in other words, in high school, I had always been fighting against a vocation. I thought I might have a vocation, and I was dreading my lot, and I didn't want any part of it. And no, 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 I don't want to do that until um, till I went into one day to my, my, my senior advisor at Loyola Academy, and I said, oh, just sign me up. I can't decide. So he said, no, I won't. He said, go to college for two years if you want. And if after two years you still want to come and let me know. Well, I was back pounding his door down in one year and uh, never looked back. So it's, I'm very, I consider myself extremely lucky. And I always say that was the best advice I ever got. But uh, something similar is happening right now. And this is very, this is something in, in my life. I'm getting very personal here. I hope this is okay. But um, I, w- w- another thing I've dreaded was the day that I have, that I'm kind of sent away to uh, our retirement home. I, I thought that's kind of like the, the, um, waiting room for heaven. And uh, I, I, I dread that day. Well, I dreaded that day until about uh, three months ago when I woke up one morning with tremendous arthritis. And uh, this is literally true and uh, found that I needed a lot of help just physically to get around and be, to be escorted and to be uh, somebody to keep their eye on me and give me an arm to lean on. And um, and it just seemed, it became so, it was so apparent to me that uh, you got to do something about this. They can't, this can't go on. I can't be that much of a burden on the people I live with because they have to bring me my everywhere. Anyway, waiting on me hand and foot. I'm, and I'm, this, I'm not a crybaby about it. It's just, it, it wasn't right. It just wasn't right. So I said, this is time for for me to go and I so, so far from being told that I had to go I'm saying now let me go let me go to Columbia or, or one of our retirement homes and um, so it's, it's interesting I mean, it's, my vocation was that way and here kind of the last chapter is probably turning out to be that way I wanted I look forward to it I'm I, I, I can wait but I it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting experience no, and father Foley that's it's I find so interesting is today's uh, meditation from our our uh, friend father Richard Rohr today was uh-huh. on surrender and as I read the meditation on surrender which our listeners can do by just going to the Center for action and contemplation, Richard Rohr has a daily meditation today was on surrender and it, it reminded me of the journey that I've walked with you the past number of years that you're right you you were fighting it and working I mean you're 85 still working chief mission officer at the Christ network and um, but watching you the past few months surrender to this has been a beautiful and absolutely spiritual experience for me too. Oh my lord! I'm delighted to hear that, Rob. That's beautiful. Thank you, Tom. We'll turn to you for the the next uh, subject we want to talk with Father Foley about. Sure, Father Foley, and um, thank you for that. I, I gather you. I just found out from Rob a, a couple of weeks ago that you spent a lot of time uh, working in Catholic education in Peru, right? That's exactly right. That's wow! Exactly. Wow! Um, and and what was that? I mean, in one sense, my question is is you know what was that like? 
And clearly things are different if you're educating a different country. And yet one of the things I've been struck by a little bit is that the mission of the church is universal. It may have different languages, may have different cultures, but there's a fundamental work that is done by the church on the planet. Uh, and when it comes to Catholic education, there are similarities. While there are differences, there are similarities. Could you just talk a little bit about your experience uh, in, in Peru for us and what we might learn from that? Oh, I'd be delighted, Tom. Um, I, I think my, my experience was kind of what you just said, kind of turned that around. I had never had any other experience be, before I went to Peru. I had it was my first assignment. It was the first time I, uh, first assignment as a Jesuit, what we call Jesuit scholastics. We call regency, or at least they used to call it that. And uh, so my, 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 that was in, a, that was in 1961. Um, a couple of years earlier, John the 23rd, good Pope John, had uh, sent out a, a request to all the religious orders in, in North America to send people to Latin America. Right, that's, right. That's I, how I, I got there. I remember that's, hearing about that. that yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. I, 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 in, in, my, in a low voice, I called it a religious invasion of Latin America. <laughs> Right. But, um, you know, wow. and, I, and it turned out to be one of the biggest graces in my life. Um, so I went to I went to uh, Peru and be, because all the Jesuit provinces in the United States scurried to Latin America to find a place to go, to find a place, a, one of the provinces of the Jesuits in Latin America. They each, each province in the United States made a, 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 a deal with uh, one of the provinces in Latin America and and became a an ally of theirs working with right. so that that's how I that's how I got to Peru and um, so I went down and began I didn't have any experience teaching until I started teaching there in Peru and um, so the first thing was to learn the language believe it or not and this is kind of this kind of um, shows the Jesuit ingenuity I don't know if I don't know if that's I don't even know if that's the word, but I was being prepared in the United States to teach French. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was I was I was um, assigned to Peru. So that's great. Wow. That's the way things work, and that's we got. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. I swear, it's it's Helen Prejean again. If it's not a surprise, it's not from God. Right. So here I was um, preparing in French, and the surprise, we're going to send you to Latin America. But um. So I volunteered to go, and uh, there were two of us that went down together. It was myself and the um, a, a fellow Jesuit, uh, a little bit older than I was, but he had been captain of the Xavier University basketball team. So he was this jock, and uh, a tall jock, and a, a sports guy, and so forth and so on. So we get to the school where we were assigned in Peru, and of course, in Peru, these schools, all the Jesuit schools are from K to 12. There's no, there's no high school. Yep. So just half of the school is it's K to 12. Yeah. And um, so he, we went there, and he, our first, our first assignment was he got all secondary, and I got all primary. And of course, I was, I was, um, you know, not real happy about that at the time. But it turned out to be another one of those humongous blessings of God. Because poor Charlie, poor Charlie got crucified by all these young high schoolers, and I was I was I was having the time of my life with all these little grade school kids, and they taught me much more than I taught them. Wow, so, um, it was just it was just great. So so Father, when you I mean that's fascinating because in some sense when you came back to the United States, 
that was what was different because you started in Peru and spent so long there. Exactly. That's exactly right. It was so, it was so funny because I came back and um, they, somebody at the, at the Archdiocese of Chicago education office said, well, he's, we, we, we've got to, we've got to uh, make him qualify. What's the word? Check him out to see if he's qualified to, to be one of our teachers. So, and so um, I, 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 took, I, I had an interview on one morning with the person from the Chicago Archdiocesan Education Office, and uh, she asked me all these questions, and I don't think I answered one of them. And uh, at the end of the conversation, the superintendent of education said to the person who had interviewed me, "Well, did you interview him? Yes. Well, did he know any? Did he? Well, how was he? Didn't know one of the answers. Are you going to approve him? Of course, I'm going to approve him. He's been a team. He's been in this classroom for right. years. <clears throat> I mean, I think that's Rob. What an incredible lesson, right? I mean, I know. I'm an immigrant from England, but I've been here for 30 years in the United States, and it's so easy to fall into a, 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 a North American or even you, you know, United States mindset. Whereas Father John, you're talking about bringing all that experience here, and then you know taking that forward. I think that's just a a, a fascinating perspective, and and clearly has been a gift to your ministry in the United States since you. Since you came back from Peru, well, just a just a little footnote there, Tom. The, the the first time that we introduced the idea of Cristo Rey was at a press conference that the provincial called uh, here in Chicago, and so the provincial um, the provincial said we're going to begin a school in the Pilsen area of Chicago, and um, it's going to be bilingual. So one of the reporters asked a question, and she said, "And I'd like the answer in Spanish, please." So, because I mean, you know, very rightfully so, they were testing the, the, what, what are these sure. guys talking about? Yeah. And it, it people commented to me afterwards. They said you were a different person speaking Spanish. I was so much more at home speaking Spanish right. than I was in English. So it was just it was, and that was a huge wake up call. So um, yeah, it was, it's very curious. Uh, but, that's great. Well, fully, that's so interesting, and, and obviously you've been on this Christoray journey with you so long, but I hadn't thought about it that way, that you went down with an open mind to Peru, and 30 years later, it was the Peruvians who taught you, and you came back here and started Christoray from a Peruvian mindset. It right. wasn't the American going down to Peru to to help them. It was they they taught you, and you came home and started one of the most successful educational organizations in America. Oh, right. Well, yeah, that's how that's how great God is. I, I love the story of the person at the super at the at the office of Catholic education. Oh no, he didn't know a thing I was talking about. And did, are you going to approve him? Of course, I'm going to approve him. So, Father Foley, let's let's shift to Christoray. Obviously, very close to your heart. And uh, 38 schools, more coming. Absolutely. I mean, 1996. You're talking about Father Paulson giving the green light. You're going to open the school. Um, well, excuse me. It was Father Schaefer. Father Schaefer, sorry, Father Schaefer, who um, gave you the green light to open this. Did you ever think it would become what it's become? With that being said, let me take a second to introduce our sponsor, Catholic Virtual. Catholic Virtual is the trusted online education partner of Catholic schools worldwide. We develop customized online learning solutions to meet the needs of our partner schools and their students. Visit our website at www.catholicvirtual.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. Of course not. <laughs> never, never. Not. So, okay, it, you open it, it. 
that's that's one of that's my greatest argument that the this whole movement is from the Lord. I mean, none of us, none of us knew it was happening. None of the, the provincial, myself, none of us saw it coming. And um, no, it, it, I just uh, and we made we made some great mistakes, but I. I'm so grateful to God for having been, having spent those years in Peru, because in Peru, that the whole idea of uh, our needy brothers and sisters is palpable in Peru. It's not anywhere. I don't. I think I'm safe to say it's not anywhere near the daily realization of living in poverty that it was in Peru. I mean, it, it, our schools aren't that way, and on the contrary, you have to. That's how this whole thing started about having a school for people that can't pay the tuition. And um, if, literally, if you can pay the tuition, you can't go to Cristo, right? At least that's what, that's what, we, that's what we say, and that's what we try to uphold. But anyway, I had no idea. I, I had no idea that it was, um, was going to end up this way. Nobody did. And stop me, Rob. I'm just fucking <laughs> lawyer. So, so you're one, two, three years in. If I'm recalling the story correctly, you're invited to the Huther conference with the Lasallians. Yes, that's, you're you're recalling it better than I do than I did. That's right. And and so what happened at that at that meeting? Oh, I love it, that, Rob. That's right. I, I I really was not that familiar with it right now. And but oh my gosh, to the great credit of the Christian brothers, they're 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 much more con- conversant about working with needy groups and needy populations uh, than I was accustomed to in 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 our Jesuit outlook. And they 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 they, they couldn't get enough of this idea of Cristo Rey. And um, and I remember I remember that I and, and I ended up my my little talk with them by explaining what we were doing. And I said, I, I dare you to be the to be the first to to begin another Cristo Rey school and beat the Jesuits doing it. And so they accepted my dare. That's so, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. And uh, Portland De La Salle right. opened uh, a few. Twenty two. Twenty oh two. So six years after you opened the first school, and was that the beginning of the germination of this could be something bigger, or what was happening in your mind at that point? Oh, we were totally going from week to week. It was. I, I had no. I didn't know. We, it, we we had to learn so much. For instance, we took a school in Portland, Oregon, and uh, turned it, it. It was an existing school, and we made it into a Cristo Rey school. Well, we don't do that anymore. We after about three years, we decided that was not the best way to go. You really have to start from scratch. There's too many policies and mindsets that are that are ingra- ingrained in the in the people at the schools to have them go through that kind of a change. So, yeah, that's that's how we uh, that's how we got off the ground. That's this great thing idea. was just surprise after surprise, Rob. So one final piece on Cristo Rey, because I know in our first podcast, we spent a lot of time on Cristo Rey, but you and I can't get together and not talk about Cristo Rey. So 38 schools today, over 10,000 students, you know, dozens and dozens of university partners, incredible boards of directors, hundreds of corporate partners with the work-study program. I mean, it's, it's astonishing, John. Why, 
Why is the movement so successful? Because it's it's the Lord at work, and um, that, that's that's the proof that it's the Lord at work. I mean, the, the, there's no there's no explanation. Somebody uh, somebody a Jesuit at one of our at what we call a province congregation, soon after we opened, used this expression. He said, "We can't we can't all be we can't always be waiting for a Cristo Rey moment." when you fly in the face of logic. When, and I just loved the term. I just loved it. We don't accept people that can pay the tuition. We don't accept them. And we, uh, we, we tell you, go, go someplace where you can, where, they, where, they, where you can pay the tuition. Don't take a place from a young person who can't pay the tuition. So, um, Rob, that's my biggest argument about why this is the Lord's work, and it's not, our, not, not us at all. And you know me well enough, Rob, to know that that's true. I mean, I don't. I, there's no brilliant John Foley here. That's that's behind everything. No, I know you've been saying that since I met you in 2005. <laughs> um, and for our listeners, the Creasterade Network just published their annual report. Father Foley, very well done. I think it might be your best one yet. It's classy. It's well done. Student centered. I love the pictures of the students, especially the cover. Um, just a great, great emblematic of the movement. And so um, if listeners are interested to learn more, they could go to the creasterainetwork.org and check out their annual report and, and support the movement, get involved. And also uh, for listeners, Rob, I, I've I've had the privilege of working with um, in offices that have had Cristo Ray students working in them as part of the work study. And it has been uh, such a blessing to see um, just young people uh, fully engaged in their education and working to provide it uh, and also wanting to serve and reach out and learn and grow. So uh, truly, truly a blessing from my experience too. Exactly. And, and Father Foley, I love what you said about, you know, this is the Lord's work. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about changes that you've seen in education during your career. And, you know, we use the word innovation. It's a very trendy word. Everybody's like, how are we going to innovate? How and clearly, Cristo Ray was a huge innovation, and and maybe innovation is simply allowing the Spirit of God to do what the Spirit of God wants. I love being it. surprised by it, I love you know. Now that being said, do you are there any specific big innovations that you've seen in your career that you think in education that were were really substantial? Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because then we want to talk a little bit about where do you see things going in the future in terms of this uh, Catholic, in terms of education, either in general or in terms of Catholic education. I think the one of the more, most powerful um, lessons was um, the one that one one day there were three Jesuits. There were three of us that were assigned the task of getting this school up and running. And uh, we were meeting uh, frequently, like every other day or something like that, and working on things. And, and one day the provincial saw us, saw us meeting. And he said, well, have you guys figured out how you're going to pay for this place yet? And we, we hadn't even talked about it. I swear it was a defense mechanism. We weren't even talking about it because we didn't have any idea how we, how we were going to. This is all very good in theory. How are you going to do it? But how is this going to be? And so uh, we went, we we. We uh, we made an appointment with a person who, when I used to come home from Peru for a visit, a family visit, I would, on a couple, two or three occasions, the, the people at the province office said, 
would you talk to this gentleman? He's got he, he's got great ideas about how third world countries can pay back their debt to the to the national banks and so forth and so on. And sure, well, he certainly impressed me with his what how how creative he was and how 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 he thought in in great strokes, great huge ideas. So we we went to see him and we asked him. Give us some ideas on how to fund a school when the students don't have the wherewithal to, to pay to pay anything. We don't even use the word tuition. I hope and we're trying to. I'm trying to eliminate that word from our vocabulary because it doesn't make any sense. We don't have a tuition. Um, so he said. He said, "Let me think about it." And he came back a couple of weeks later. He said, "What if every student had a job?" Now I I will um, argue furiously that he had no idea what a powerful formula he was giving us. And we certainly didn't. We thought it was a way to cover the costs. And it does cover a significant part of the cost, not as much as I would like it to. I I think it's something that we always have to keep working on. We always have to go back and say, that is the source, that should be the source of our, it should be a new financial model. For, for schools too, not just a, uh, not just for the students, but for actually how to pay things, how to pay for things. But, but so he he, uh, he 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 said, "How about every student had a job?" And so we had no idea what other financial model he was offering us. We thought it was a, a way to have money coming into the school, and that would be it. But it turned out to be just this very very powerful educational model. And 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 in a in a nutshell. What I'm saying is, we were we were 12 minutes from Lake Michigan, and some kids had never seen Lake Michigan. So that's that's wow. That's a different world we came from. Yeah. And our, our kids, so our kids, all of a sudden they were getting they were going down on a Tuesday to work at the Sears Tower. Are you kidding me? And they and they would bring their their families down on Sunday to go up to the office and show them through the glass window that that's my desk. That's where I said universally throughout all our schools what they most like what the students most like is the job and it's because it's the, it's the it's their introduction into a new world a world that they never thought they had access to and that they were that's my desk it's got my name on it people here respect me they they, they ask my opinion about things so it's, it turned out to be this extreme without anybody knowing it it turned out to be this extremely efficient educational model and um so that's that's where we were yeah yeah a very substantive innovation and change indeed so yeah yeah, that's great so father foley as tom alluded to thinking about five to ten years from now where do you see education going in america rob you know me well enough to know that i'm i'm a little bit um over my skis on this one i don't i don't i'm not i'm not a good theorist but um (laughs) Where do I see it going? All the uh, technological advances that we're making—that—that's got to be part of it. Um, I, I love what I love what the Jesuits are doing with their worldwide school, um, which is only in its infant period, just 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 getting started. But I I love thinking hugely out of the box, and um, so I, I I think I think that I think that we just we have to we have to listen. We have to be. We have to have our ears to the to the to the to the rail, listening to what's to what's happening, and trying to not let things get away from us, and pick up on them. And technologically, I, I'm sure that the future is hugely going to be hugely technological, and um, and much more much more, you know, social media and access to other cultures. 
um, I, I pray that, 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 that it's going to be this bring, bring the world together. Well, you said something, John, at the beginning there that I think is so important when we theorize or work on the future, and that's listen. It's the be- very, very beginning of Christ Ray Father Jim Gartland walked the streets of Pilsen and asked the community, what do you need? What do you want? And it was a school. It wasn't another parish. It wasn't a healthcare center. It wasn't a food bank. They wanted a school for their children. And, and I think that's as we continue to think about the future, and as you allude to the Jesuit World School, to listen, to listen to the communities. And um, I think that's great advice for us as we think about the future of education. Great, Ralph. Thank you for reminding me that. That's that's true. I, I, when I came back from Peru, before I got on the airplane, I literally, I, I asked the provincial, what is it you want to do? He said, we don't know yet. He said, I'm open to anything. So I came back to do, I didn't know what. I didn't know what I was coming wow. And 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 I think that's I think that has to be part of the solution too. I think that there's there's a grain of truth in that. We don't have to have all the answers before we start. And um, and the, the Lord will lead us. The Lord will lead us. That's such a wonderful way. I mean, that's I guess that's one of the great gifts of religious life is that freedom. You know, I'm 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 a, sort of a family guy, and uh, it makes me very anxious to think about that because I want everything sorted, and I've been trained to want everything organized and planned out, and yet that's simply not. Firstly, it's not within my control or anyone's control. It's not the reality. And it's great to hear um, hear your testimony in that regard. <laughs> That's great. Well, Father Foley, we've come to the end of our time here. But before we end, you may recall from our first recording, we ask all of our guests one final question. And that is, who is your favorite teacher and why? In my history, in my own history, yeah, any time in your life, your favorite teacher, who and what? Well, I was, no, no doubt it was a, it was my fourth grade Dominican nun teacher, and uh, when we get our, she was just so filled with life and happiness and fun. When we when we get our when we get there, our math exercises out of the way, we square danced, <laughs> and she taught us how to square dance. She was as Irish as could be. <laughs> and um, she taught us how to square dance, and just we had so much fun. It was just incredible. Got to have fun, don't you? That is that is awesome. Um, Absolutely. Good. Well, Father Foley, thank you once again for joining us um, on the next class. And um, I am actually, Tom, going down to Father Foley's residence now to meet a Colombian Jesuit. That we're going to have a, a great meeting talking about global Jesuit education. So wonderful. Yes. Tom, I'm delighted to see you again. Thanks thanks for everything. Thank you, Father Foley. Really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Thank you. So for our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please like us, rate us, and share this with your family and friends. And we look forward to seeing you again in the next class. We hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you did, we'd greatly appreciate it if you would share this episode with your friends and family. If you get a moment to rate or review us, that too would be much appreciated. Have a great day.